listening to the Talk with the Wise podcast, a podcast where I talk with those who have lived more life than myself and ask them to share the wisdom they've gained from their experience. This past summer, I had the wonderful opportunity to be the social media intern for Amanda and her dad, John, at John Brandon Comedy which is how I got to know these fantastic people. And as the intern, one of the biggest projects I worked on was the Vacay with the Comics 2023 event. And it's so cool, I've gotta tell you about it. But I'll let someone who's actually been tell you about it first. Amanda? So people always ask whether it's fun to have friends who are comedians, whether it's fun to be raised by a comedian. And I always say, yeah, I think it was, but there's really no way to describe it except to just come and see for yourself. And so we created this opportunity for super fans of comedy to spend an entire weekend enjoying live shows and lunch, dinner, breakfast, snacks, and game nights with the actual comedians hanging out and talking to them directly and their families too. They brought their wives and their kids. Comedians Bob Smiley, Darren Streblo, Kristen Weber, David Pendleton, and of course, John Branion will be there. And it truly is the ultimate backstage pass. It's July 28th through the 30th of 2023 in Cedar Lake, Indiana. Tickets and more information are available at johnbranion.com. That's John, B-R-A-N-Y-A-N.com. This was such a good conversation, we had to split it into two parts. You're listening to part two. So if you missed part one, you can go back and listen to it at the Talk with the Wise podcast. But for now, please enjoy part two. Ultimately, a thing is either true or it's not true. And if it's not true, then continuing to pursue it and continuing to base your life on it is is not going to take you towards um, towards goodness. It's not going to take you towards the light. You're always either going towards the light or towards the darkness. And so how you talk, how you think, how you, how you conduct your podcast, how you do your comedy, how you, how you interact with your friends, everything, every decision that you make every single second of your life is either going towards the light or towards the darkness. There's nothing in the middle of those two things. How would you, um, combat that with like, being liked then your advice of trying to be liked while also saying true things or going in the direction of light? That's a great question. You have to, in order to get along in the world, you have to be able to have people like you, but you also have to, it's such a good question because I I had to tell my kids this and uh, I'd forgotten it. (laughs) You're only allowed to pick a handful of people, no more than five, who are allowed to speak into your life. These are the five people mm-hmm. that you're allowed that are allowed to say anything to you. They're allowed to to criticize, they're allowed to condemn, they're allowed to yell and holler, they're allowed to speak to you, but the the criterion for those people is they have to be people who will always tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. And I told my kids, one of those people is your dad. So that leaves you with four that you can go and find. But choose carefully. And then once you know who those people are, once you know who those handful of people are, that these are the people that I can trust to to always tell me the truth. Now, when the other people who are not part of that group, when they start yelling at you and they start telling you, well, you need to do this, or you need to do that, you can ignore them because they're not the people who have permission to speak into your life. 
Now, there's still people that, if possible, you should try to get them to like you. You know, you don't have you. You should you should behave in such a way that people have no objections to you. Some people are not capable of liking you. Mm. That and the the more that those people spin towards darkness, the the more likely it is that they will not like you if you're going towards the light because they're evil and you're not. And so as you grow up you have to kind of sort this stuff out. There are certain people who will not like you. Tabby, my uh, my youngest daughter, she and I had this conversation several times as she was growing up because Tabby's one of the most likable, fun people that you'll ever hang around. I mean, she's just great. But Tabby would have some people when she was in junior high who didn't like her. And she got into the car once and she was upset. Tabby cries. And uh, <laughs> she goes, I don't know why they don't like me. And uh, I said, I said, because they're wrong. There are some people do not like you because other people like you. Mm. And there's a sort of a jealousy that takes place. They probably don't even know what's going on. But the reason they don't like you is because everybody else does. Mm. And there's an internalization that they, they see that. And what they secretly want is to be you. It's like, man, I wish everybody liked me. I wish everybody laughed at me, you know, when I talked like they do when Tabby talks. I wish everybody, I wish everybody felt about me like they feel about Tabby. So it's jealousy. And you just need to know that and once you once you sort of piece these things together and realize that some people just won't like you because you're likable then you have a little less anxiety about it mm. and because that's truth you know you're we're still it's all about truth and so just know that you should as much as it's up to you get people to like you but remember everybody's not going to like you no matter who you are no matter how no matter how good you are at making people like you you're going to fail sometimes. Do you have any advice for discerning who should like you and who it's okay if they don't or actually should not like you? Like if that type of person likes me or if this thing happens and that's the reason I'm liked, that's like a red flag. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You can get a pretty good picture of who your friends are by how they react when good things happen to you. Mm -hmm. When you have success, your friends are people who will genuinely celebrate with you. Mm -hmm. The people who are on the bubble and you need to be a little suspicious of, I'm not saying you need to kick them out of your circle. <laughs> you need to be a little suspicious of people who, when good things happen to you, rather than celebrating with you, they're very quick to talk about all of the good things that have happened to them. Or they will talk about the things that didn't happen to them that they think should have happened to them. And if this is a dialogue that they want to pursue when you're trying to celebrate, that's not a person who is bent towards your best interest. That's a person who's who's selfish. Mm. Uh, that's a person who hasn't been told by an adult in their life, hey, you know what? It's not a very good friend who is jealous or uh, or who rains on people's parades. If Ellie's wants to sing and dance, why don't you sing and dance with her? And then you can reign, you know, in the privacy of your own room. <laughs> but the people that you need to be suspicious of are people who, who don't know how to celebrate when you're celebrating. And yeah, that's how you ferret them out. You just kind of pay attention to what people do when good things happen to you. People who are jealous of your success, those are not people that are probably going to be in your inner circle. Hmm. Yeah, kind of using that observation that I know comes with comedy mindset is also helpful mm -hmm. in, in discerning. Is that kind of where you're going with that? Yep. You've got uh, all sorts of opportunities when you start doing comedy to watch people do better than you and watch people get opportunities that you don't have and watch people 
you know, move up and start to tour and start to fill theaters and then start to fill arenas. And it's like, wow, that's a guy or that, that person's really taken off. And then how do you, and then analyze, how do you feel? You know, what, what's your, what's your instinct telling you? Is it like, ah, that jerk? Or are you genuinely happy? Are you like, well, that, well, good for, good for them. Good for them. I'm glad they're, I'm glad they're succeeding. I hope they're happy. I hope they're, I hope they're genuinely happy. You know, because there's a lot of there's a lot of danger when you start to get the applause of people, when people start to notice what you're doing and people start to appreciate what you're doing. Sometimes you have to take inventory and go, oh, a lot of people who are not necessarily pursuing righteousness and light are applauding me for what I'm doing. So I need to need to be wise about that and just make sure that I'm not telling them what they want to hear mm-hmm. so that they'll appreciate me. Make sure that I'm being true to true to the truth. Well, uh, is there anything you feel like you haven't covered or wanted to touch on? You know, Ellie, I can't understand how pumpkins, you know, like when you're making a pumpkin pie, uh-huh. the pumpkin that comes out of a can is like a brown sort of paste. Uh-huh. But when you, if you open up a pumpkin and you're making a jack-o'-lantern, it looks nothing like the pumpkin that comes out of a can. Have you noticed that? I have. And uh, it's kept me up at night. I think it has something mm-hmm. to do with avocados. I think pumpkins are like avocados and apples. You know what? I'm just going to go with all all fruit and uh, vegetables that if they're exposed, they become brown. You know what I'm saying? I do. Like avocado is like that bright green. And then like after two seconds, it's not. And you're like, is that still an avocado? Yeah, but avocado, like an avocado still, when I look at guacamole, I go, well, yeah, I can believe that that came from an avocado. But you look at pumpkin pie and it's like, that doesn't look anything like the inside of a pumpkin. Hmm. Are you sure you haven't been eating sweet potato pie? No, I have. I'm not sure. Oh, you're I'm not, not sure, sure of anything. Well, I don't know. I was. You just asked me if there was anything else that we haven't covered, and that's what popped into my head. So, how long has this been bothering you? Should we have started the podcast like this? No, I didn't even realize it was bothering me until you asked me if there was anything else we needed to cover, and then it was just there. The pumpkin. It's like, that's what you need yeah, to cover. It'll keep yeah, it there is less brown. Boom. <laughs> can't figure it out i think there's some sort of shenanigans there's some hijinks hijinks going on in there that they're i don't know i'll figure it out i'll come back on the podcast and let you know what i discover when i all right well shoot now we have to leave it on a cliffhanger so is it did i cover everything you wanted to cover yeah you're just looking for those pieces of perfection uh, that we were talking about you know i get it how long have you been doing this podcast? Did you just start it? Yeah, this semester. It's for a class. Like, it's a podcasting class. This is something, I will be honest, that depending on time and resources, that's super big. But depending on those, I would really like to continue to do this. Mm-hmm. Even if nobody listens, it's a cool excuse yeah. for me to talk to people. <laughs> yeah. Be like, yeah, can you come talk to me for like an hour? It's for a podcast, wink, wink. <laughs> yep. It's pretty therapeutic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, you work you work out stuff and you you know how you think too. When we started doing a podcast, I didn't even know what I thought about. I started doing a podcast and it's like, oh, I guess this is what I think about. Mm. So it's good. You learn a lot. People, if people say that about writing. You know, writers are like, I have to write because I don't know what I think until I write stuff down. I guess I understand that. A lot of people never think about what they think about. How true that is. 
a lot of people never think about what they think about. They just go through the motions. They do the same thing every day. They try to avoid those uh, inconveniences that we were talking about. And that's it. That's the sum total of their existence. And they never think about why am I doing this or what's what's important to me? What are my values? What do I what do I care about? If if my house caught on fire and everything burned up, what would I what would I miss the most? Mm. And what would I never even notice that I had? I mean, those those are questions that that when you think about it, it sort of it gives you a sense of who you are. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just never do it. I think because they're afraid. Yeah. I think because they're afraid that it's going to suck, that they just they just avoid it. Mm-hmm. I'm, af- I'm afraid that if I think about what I think about, I'm going to realize that I'm a shallow person or a dumb person. Mm. And I don't want that. I'm afraid. So I'll just I'll just never do it. Yeah. They either whether they are conscious of it or not, they don't think because it's because thinking causes anxiety. But hearing you explain it, I'm like, that the not thinking scares me because there's a point where the bubble pops and then you go from I could have thought about it at least a little to now I have to start at ground zero and w- work through this right and that's terrifying <laughs> you should have been taking it in bite size instead of existential <laughs> well, crisis about <laughs> that's that's exactly what an existential crisis is <laughs> when people are like oh my gosh this thing I thought was true turns out is completely wrong so now what am I going to do it's easier to just not ever face those sort of crises. It's easier to just, you know, to just watch television and uh, and sleep. It's easier and harder in its own way. Well, it's harder for people who who are, are thoughtful people, you know. If you're if you're a thoughtful person, it's really difficult to stave off those urges to think about <laughs> stuff for very long. But some people can do it. That's when people that's why people turn to alcohol and drugs and and all sorts of distractions. Mm-hmm. That's why, because they don't want to have an existential crisis, and they probably will. If you if you're a person who's ever thought about something ever, then you've had a crisis at some point. If that's what happens. You come to realize that, that you're wrong about stuff, and it's hard first few times it happens, but it gets easier, mm. and uh, you weather it. Or you can just watch television. I was gonna say that's a surprisingly encouraging note to end on talking about crises. I'm a little ray of sunshine, Ellen. (laughs) A little ray of sunshine. Gosh. Okay. Um, Something that I like to do with my guests is ask them like either what they're reading now and they're enjoying or like a favorite book of all time that like really impacted them. And this could be other resources apart from books, but a lot of times it is. So like podcasts or blogs or anything like that, that you're like, wow, that really impacted my life or I'm reading it right now. And really loving this? Uh, The two books that impacted my life, probably the hardest. And I'm even going to say even more so, I know how this is going to sound, even more so than the Bible. I mean, the Bible impacted my life, but in a roundabout way, because it underlines everything that I think. But if we're talking about books that just literally changed the way that I thought about stuff, there's two of them. And they're not really in order, but Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity, Mm. was the, the first time I read that book, it was like, wow, it it just, it made me a a completely different type of thinker. And the other one was Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. (laughs) And I'm not even kidding. That sounds like an idea I've never heard of, not in this episode at all. How to Win Friends and Influence People is a, uh, a it, in fact, it's it's the go-to uh, graduation gift when I'm when I'm handing out high school graduation gifts. Mm. It's it's always How to Win Friends and Influence People, and I I usually put a note in there. It's like if you if you get a tenth 
out of this book, what I got out of it, you know, this will be, it's worth it. Practical and, and real simple, but just those, those are the two, those are the two books that, that I would recommend. I've given away dozens of copies of Mere Christianity to people. Yeah, those. And of course, Life is Hardy Har Har by John Brainian, <laughs> which you can also get at johnbrainian.com. Yeah, just kind of, we uh, went over this a little bit at the beginning, but just in case, where can people find you, John is it at johnbranion.com? Mm-hmm. You can find me at johnbranion.com. There's no O's in Branion. It's B-R-A-N-Y-A-N. Oh. Yeah, no O's. Huh. Is that a common problem? <laughs> yeah, it's a very common problem. The only O in my name is in is in John. Huh. Yeah, you can find me there. You can drop me a, an email. You can join our clickers. Join our Merry Band of Clickers if you want. You can watch us on Sunday night, the Starving Comics Quarantine Show. All of that is accessible through my website. So. Come find me. Come talk to me. Well, thank you so much for being on. Uh, it's a great podcast. It's my pleasure, Ellie. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We hope you found this conversation edifying and helpful. If you did, please share this episode with anyone you feel could benefit from it. And if you really enjoyed it, please leave us a review. It really helps us out. Thanks again for listening to the Talk with the Wise podcast.